This North Carolina triad-based podcast is proudly brought to you by an amazing triad-based business. Ashley McKenzie Sharp with Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Whether you're in the market for a new home or not, I'm willing to bet that you've at least thought about making a change. And with the fluidity of real estate and interest rates, your strategy may change by the day. But you know what? There's a nationally recognized loan originator right here that can pivot with you. Need a full qualifying approval to make that competitive offer? Maybe a quick turnaround on closing is the little something extra to help you win the home. Ashley McKenzie Sharp can help. And if you're not moving, there's a decent chance you have more equity in your home than you realize. Ashley can help you turn that equity into a long overdue home renovation. Whatever your approach, just give Ashley a call and check out your options. 336-748-4599 or email ashleym at fairwaymc.com. Ashley McKenzie Sharp, NMLS ID number 100776, is a licensed mortgage originator in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida. Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 2289, equal housing opportunity. This is the Triad Podcast Network. The 83rd Wyndham Championship is August 3rd through the 7th at Sedgefield Country Club. Known first as the Greater Greensboro Open in 1938, the event has been played every year since, except for during World War II, sharing time at both Sedgefield and Starmount Forest Country Club. This year, one of the crown jewel events that Triad offers annually returns with a sort of energy that was last seen prior to COVID in 2019, and under the direction of a first-year tournament director in Bobby Powell. Powell replaced longtime tournament director Mark Brazel last August, who was elevated to executive director and also CEO of the Piedmont Triad Charitable Foundation. And while it will be about a full year that he's worn the tournament director hat, it's been a small lifetime that he's spent immersing himself in so many aspects of this tournament. He previously served as the ops director at the Wyndham since 2004. A native of Reno, and for someone who grew up in Kansas, Powell's rising profile actually isn't all that surprising to those who run most in his circles. In fact, it's something Brazel led on to very early on in their friendship. Rob Goodman, director of media relations for the Wyndham Championship, described Powell as someone who simply, quote, gets it done and is a tremendous communicator. And while he might seem low-key, Powell injects a workmanlike and refreshing demeanor to the job he's asked to do. That's to continue to evolve and enhance the prestige, bolster the deep history, and increasingly connect with the local community who support the Wyndham Championship. I'm Kyle Shasperger, and this is Bobby Powell, Wyndham Championship Tournament Director on Triad Sports One-on-One. As we continue to inch closer to the start of the Wyndham Championship, each passing day must offer increased excitement as new life is breathed into the course and the village takes shape, Bobby. Yeah, we are at the cusp of it right now. We, it's a seven-week uh, process physically to build everything out, and, and we're in the throes of that as we speak. That build-out, my understanding, it began June 20th, roughly, all providing, I'm sure, every day, again, more indication aesthetically that this famed tournament will be here before we know it. You have the tents, the grandstands, the vendors, all of those different things. I mean, this is a year-round process for the most part. Is it now, Bobby? Yeah, physically it's seven weeks, but that doesn't indicate all the weeks of planning. And, you know, we're obviously a cyclical uh, event here, and that first week of August is the culmination of all the planning and and all of the work that goes into it. And then uh, you start that cycle all over again. And so it's it's definitely a year-round process for us. But 
it's it's uh, it's definitely the next phase when you see the beginning of that seven week uh, build out process begin. It's it's um, it's just knowing that you're going into another gear um, when the vendors arrive on site to start physically building everything. And but it's also a good feeling because you know that all of all of the planning and and everything, all the work that we've done to go into that is is beginning to to uh, take shape. So it's a good feeling when you see them start. I think it's really cool for those that have been at Sedgefield, both during the window championship and, and other times, whether playing on their own or for other events, country club events, whatever it may be, just the transformation of the course and all of those makeshift buildings that get put there. And every PGA tournament event, golf event is, is similar in that regard. It's a completely different feel. And Things are continuing to intensify ahead of August 3rd, the start of the Wyndham Championship. And, and Bobby, this is your first year as the tournament director taking over for Mark Brazel, but you've been involved with this tournament in some shape as the operations director since 2004. I'm curious, though, for you, with all the familiarity, and we can dive more into this, I mean, what has been the most challenging aspect for you as a first-year tournament director, the new label you've had for the last year? Uh, challenging. I'm not sure that I can really pinpoint any one specific thing. Uh, you know, as, as many documents that you can read, planning guides, etc. There's just always uh, periodic uh, items or tasks that'll come up that that are that are just kind of popping up out of the blue that you may not be prepared for. And so, just like any job, some of those kinds of things are. Um, not necessarily challenges, but more so surprises that that come along um, from now, from you know periodically, I would say uh, now and then. And then, you know, I would also answer that by saying it's not it's not been a flip of a switch necessarily. Um, this is not like Mark has gone away and completely disappeared. He is still doing many of the things that he has done before, and I would I would just say that. Um, many of my responsibilities as it relates to being a tournament director have already been occurring for a number of years now. Uh, it, it was mostly just about formalizing things, uh, doing more interviews like this. I haven't done a tremendous amount of those in the past, but I'm, I'm starting to do more of these. And uh, But really, been involved with the budgeting process for a lot of years now already and, and like I said a lot of a lot of things that kind of sit under that silo of being a tournament director um, I've already been handling many of those for a while now well I'm glad I could offer you another rep here as you get more accustomed to the <laughs> uh, to the media circles and the uh, circus maybe that can follow especially this time of the year for you do they get any easier I, I promise I'm not going to hit you with any uh, hard hitting questions maybe not as much as, as what you've seen to this point but do you enjoy this kind of thing I mean th- is this something you've done uh, well, I guess you haven't. You haven't really been exposed to this sort of uh, this stage and this exposure in your role. But now you are you are a mouthpiece. You are a voice. You are a front facing figure in a way. Is that uncomfortable? Uncomfortable? Has it been a um, a transition for you? I would say um, Rob Goodman, our media director, has has had me dip my toe in the water with this a little bit in the past few years. Uh, periodically, we've had media outlets that have have been interested in in seeing the the build out seeing how we create this little village kind of taking a peek behind the scenes of 
of how that transformation occurs. And so I have done some interviews in the past, and I think uh, Rob just seeing it over the course of time, just like anything in life, I think the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it and, and the better you get at it. So certainly not perfect and certainly not a, a polished, finished piece by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, but at the same time, it's, it's not the very first time I've done something like this. Yes, to your point, it is um, a grander scale and fielding different types of questions. Most of the most of the interviews that I've done in the past have been more so focused on, like I said, that build out and some of the behind the scenes types uh, features. This show is presented by the Ginther Group, a real estate team based right here in the triad and the only ones we trust here on the triad podcast network. I've been podcasting with Blake Ginther and his team for a few years now, always blown away by how well the experts at the Ginther Group can make sense of a rapidly changing and oftentimes chaotic real estate market. I know I feel smarter after each episode we record right here on the Triad Podcast Network. Then when it came to sell a home, I chose the Ginther Group. They steered me in the right direction at all times in terms of how much time and money to invest in order to maximize the things I wanted out of the transaction. And we ended up selling for nearly 10% above asking. Look, I can't guarantee you the same results, but why wouldn't you at least meet with them and see what's possible? Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to see if The Ginther Group can help you own your future. Now back to the show. Well, the goal here is is to not only touch on that, but feature you a little bit too. And, and we can uh, we can have some fun in doing so. I want you to brag a little bit on, on your buddy, Mark Brazel, because I know you worked alongside him for all but two years as... As he was the tournament director uh, for 20 seasons, walking uh, 20 years, walking away after last year's championship event that saw Kevin Kisner win a six-man playoff. Certainly, uh, quite the quite the uh, horse to ride out on following that tournament. You were named the tournament director uh, shortly thereafter. But Brazel recruited you in, in 04, away from the American Junior Golf Association. So my my bet is that that relationship with Mark is, and, and you've already indicated, y'all collaborate on a lot of things. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's the executive director now. He's just has a different role, uh, but you're more in the fold. That relationship has got to be rock solid, as rock solid as they come. Any sage advice from Mark that you can share before uh, you became the man last August? Uh, no, not necessarily. That was, and by the way, that was a very cool uh, way, as you mentioned, for him to have that six-man playoff. That's such a unique thing, and and the drama and the excitement that uh, was associated with that was was very cool and, and a cool way for Mark to kind of sign off as as officially the the last year of him being a tournament director. But yeah, we've known each other for for a long time, dating all the way back to 1996 when I first interned at the American Junior Golf Association. Mark was already working there full time, and it's kind of fun to look back on now because um they're towards the end of the 90s um right before he came here to greensboro we were essentially in a very similar role to what we are now so we there was a couple of international events and mark was a little bit more so involved in um, relations with the international federations the international golf associations that we were working with uh, one was the junior match, which was essentially like a junior Ryder Cup. It was right before the uh, Ryder Cup in 1999. That was at the Country Club, which was cool. A couple of weeks ago, um, 
reflecting back and uh, on all those memories, um, we ran that event together. So I was running the competition side of that event. And like I said, Mark was dealing with, with more so the, the top sponsors and in, in the international relations with those different golf organizations overseas. Um, and then we also did it right before he left to come to Greensboro. He had, had been working on uh, the Junior Solheim Cup as well. And he kind of set the table for that, set the stage for that right before he left to come to Greensboro. And then I wound up running that event. And so I think he probably recognized um, back in the late 90s that we formed a pretty good team. I think if, if you talk to people that know Mark and I um, pretty well, they would tell you that, that we're, I'm not going to say really opposites, but I would say more so we, we complement each other uh, in some of our strengths and weaknesses. And so I think he recognized that teamwork um, a long time ago. And, and when he came to Greensboro and saw what he needed to do to improve this tournament, especially through the PGA Tour's eyes, um, I think he just recognized that that same teamwork could really benefit and upgrade the tournament at that time. And so um, I guess you could say, if you were going to dumb it down, you could say the rest is history because I think we've been pretty successful at at doing so in the last 20-plus years. Mark obviously coming here and, and, and setting everything in motion in, in the early 2000s. And like you said, I came here in 2004 just to kind of button up a lot of the operational um, elements to the tournament. And, um, and we, look, we've been very fortunate with Wyndham coming on board um, to solidify our title sponsorship. We're at a beautiful golf course now at Sedgefield Country Club and have a great partnership with McConnell Golf. So this, it's not just about Mark or just about me. It's, it, it takes a lot to make a successful event, and we've been very fortunate. And obviously our, our board of directors and, and our leadership at the top, um, it, it all matters. It's not just Mark and I. Before we get into the specifics of what fans can expect this year, tickets, volunteers, all of that, the field, um, I'm fascinated by the psychology of this position, too, for you in terms of your trajectory, uh, your rise uh, to this spot. I mean, Mark called you last year the best operations director on the entire PGA Tour. In that same press release uh, announcing your hire as a tournament director, effective immediately August 16th, 2021, that this was something in your professional career that you said, quote, you wanted for quite some time. Uh, a succession plan had been in the works behind the scenes, knowing now uh, how detailed your relationship was with Mark. But for you, uh, having this role now, being more involved, being as front-facing as you are, and continuing to try and take the Wyndham Championship uh, into, you know, to evolve it and to continue to grow this great famed event. For you personally, what has been so appealing, so fulfilling for you over the near two decades that you've been part of this event? Well, that comment, um, believe it or not, that comment um, dates all the way back to college for me. So I remember being in a class one time, and, and there's a there's a uh, there was a Lou Holtz <laughs> video one time, and he tells a story about how um, can't remember what it was. I, I think he had gotten fired from one of his original jobs as a football coach, and he was down in the dumps and told his wife he was giving up he was going to change careers he was you know he, he was going to give up football and his wife um i think challenged him and said write down 100 things you want to do in your life and in your career and so he started in on that and i think as he tells the story he said something to the effect of being the head coach at notre dame one day and winning a national championship 
And um, I, I would say that I was kind of inspired by that. It, for me, it was easy to, to drink the Kool-Aid when, when Lou Holtz is talking. If you've ever heard him, he's a, he's a pretty good motivator. And so I started doing that when I was in college, and that's actually one of the things I wrote down. I, I grew up playing golf and was fortunate when I was at the University of Kansas to be around golf, around the, the golf teams. I was working for both the men's and women's golf coach at the time. I was helping them run tournaments. I grew up working at a golf course, so I knew that uh, this was my passion from a career standpoint. And then I, 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 will, I don't think I would ever describe myself as a ladder climber. I don't think the people that know me well would describe me that way either. Um, but I was fortunate to get into a great role at the American Junior Golf Association, uh, Association to be hired as an intern and then eventually a director, a tournament director, and then eventually to run the operations department there. And so I, I've been very blessed, very fortunate that um, my career has, has allowed me to increase my role and, and increase my responsibilities over time. And then when I came to Greensboro and started working with Mark, um, as I mentioned a minute ago, he, he knew me and he knew he could trust me. And so the more, the more you've got that feeling in somebody, the more you can give them. And so he did continue to give me a lot of, uh, responsibilities even after, you know, a, a very short period of time when I first came here in 04. And so it's not, you know, like I mentioned a minute ago, it's not like somebody's flipped the switch and all of a sudden it's a brand new role. It's just, it's just, uh, more of a responsibility. A lot of the management, like of our staff and tournament committee, a lot of that has, has been happening somewhat organically over the course of a number of years anyway. So um, it's it's just a continued progression. But but to the long-winded answer to, to answer your question, um, it's gratifying when, when I look back at that, um, when Mark announced that. I didn't really think about it specifically at that moment in time um, about that, that Lou Holtz story, but at a later time when I reflected it and I started getting some notes from um, some family and friends and, and old colleagues, et cetera, that, that kind of sunk in. And I remember that moment. I still have that piece of paper to this day. So it was, it was pretty cool to be able to go back to that list and check that one off. That's awesome. I'm a big Notre Dame guy. So I certainly uh, can understand the Lou Holtz uh, story. And I did not know that particular story. That's cool that it uh, rubbed off on you in such a way. And really quite the leap and commitment to golf, especially for someone who got his degree in United States history, right? From the University of Kansas. Uh, that approach has paid off big time. What what kind of golfer were you, though? You, you played at Baker University before that. What kind of golfer were you in college? Well, I took up the game uh, late as it relates to players that play today I was like a lot of kids playing a lot of baseball and basketball and those types of things growing up and I didn't even really touch a golf club until I was in about eighth grade but I I was immediately hooked and um, I wasn't even sure I was going to try for the golf team when I went into high school but I I just fell in love and I was I was extremely fortunate that my high school golf coach took an interest and I, I think it was a reciprocal amount of interest and dedication. The more interest I showed, the more dedication I showed. He, he showed that back to me. And so um, I couldn't get enough of, of learning and, you know, learning how to play the game. And, and he couldn't get enough of, you know, teaching me my swing and, and all those kinds of things. And so I ascended pretty rapidly, I would say, in the middle of high school and um, was good enough to play in college, but obviously not good enough to, to compete with, uh, you know, major 
programs, got into it kind of late. Um, and so I played at Baker University, but I, I played there just one year, and it wasn't um, – it was a great experience my freshman year, and I still have some lifelong friends that I made there from that year. But just kind of seeing the big picture overall, um, I realized that um, it probably – you know, I, I realized the golf wasn't going to – at least playing competitive, competitively – wasn't wasn't going to be my career path immediately after college and so I started looking a little bit more big picture at um, careers that I wanted to do and there was just more opportunity to do that at some other places um, I was lucky my my oldest brother was working at that time in the uh, athletic department at Kansas and so um, I started working for him I believe it or not as a cameraman for the football team he was the video photographer uh, uh, for the KU football team. So I, I got some introductions there into the athletic department. And frankly, that's kind of how I learned about the AJGA because at that point in time, look, this is before the internet, before a lot of these things existed. So I didn't really know much about the AJGA at that time. It was definitely a, a sunbelt, you know, California, Texas, Arizona, all the way over through the southeast and into Florida, that's primarily where the AJJ events were, and there just weren't that many of them at that time. So I didn't know much about them, didn't play those events growing up. There weren't any very close to me where I grew up in Kansas, and, and so it wasn't until I was in college working in the athletic department um, through my um, sports information job that I actually found out about the AJGA internship and and the rest is, you know, like I said earlier, the rest is history. But I, I played, uh, I, I played all the way through college and was playing amateur events just because I still loved it and wasn't ready to give it up yet. Um, but then, you know, fast forward to now, it's, it's more of, um, you know, with with kids and and family, you get less and less time um, to play. But the beauty of golf is that you can play till, you know hopefully until the day you die uh, at an old age. And so um, I don't, I don't get a chance to play a whole lot now, but I'm certainly looking forward to, to playing more as, as um, opportunities arise, especially like with our, our kids getting a little bit older and, and freeing up some of that time. The Triad Podcast Network is presented by Icon Custom Builders in Winston-Salem. We've all been there. You're thinking of making some changes around the house. So what do you do? You take to social media, ask for recommendations to make those home improvements, and inevitably, you get 20 responses and each one has a different answer. You're even more confused. Well, we're here to make it easy for you. Just talk to our friends at Icon Custom Builders. Whether it's a large or small renovation, they've been transforming homes in the triad since 2005. And like we've been saying for several months now, chances are you've got more equity in your home than you realize. So now could be the perfect time to consider some upgrades. Maybe you want to modernize your kitchen or optimize your outdoor space for entertaining. You can even restore your older home with a more functional layout and design while preserving the original character and charm. Whatever's on your wish list, Icon can help turn it into reality. Now, if you're like me, the whole idea of home renovation is overwhelming. But not to worry, Icon has a full-service design-build team that guides homeowners through every step of the process. Just visit their website, IconCustomBuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today. Well, that was a strong acknowledgement, certainly when you were in school, to pursue something beyond playing uh, just the game of golf. And it has 
uh, worked out for you to this point. I am super interested in your uh, sports information days as somebody who works full-time with Learfield and has relationships uh, with countless uh, SIDs around the country and collegiate programs. Yeah. We'll, we'll save that We'll save that for another day. Let's get to some of the differences coming to the Wyndham uh, this year, at least as we stack it up to the past couple of tournaments where COVID has significantly handicapped operations. There will be a return to full capacity this year. You've had the full complement of hospitality to sell to sponsors. How impactful have the return of those elements been to this point? Huge. Um, you mentioned we, we were a little bit restricted last year by the PGA Tour, uh, not not to be able to have full sellouts. Um, so that was, you know, our, our transition back into having a, a full tournament, but we weren't able to have it last year. So we had most uh, of our fan amenities and most of our our most of our elements that you're accustomed to seeing when you come out to the tournament, like Margaritaville to win them and the Truth Fan Pavilion. We had a lot of those things last year, but we weren't running at full speed with, with everything we were able to do just, just due to some of those pandemic restrictions. This year, look, we acknowledge that the pandemic um, is, is still here to, to a degree, and, and unfortunately people are, are still getting COVID, um, and that part stinks, but... Um, we work with the tour and state and local authorities to make sure that we're buttoned up on that end and doing what we need to do to be responsible. But to, to your point about the hospitality, we've been sold out of our pro-ams um, since May. We're about 98% sold out of all of our hospitality on the golf course, but there's still opportunities for people um, to come out. They can upgrade their tickets if they want that hospitality field that there's a, uh, there's a structure on the back of the 10th green called the Wyndham Rewards Earner Card Club. And you have a chance to upgrade your ticket to that, uh, that destination. And it's going to give you that hospitality feel. So there's still opportunities for things like that, but we are elated with uh, where we stand from a sales standpoint for our hospitality and pro-ams. And to purchase tickets, you can go online to WyndhamChampionship.com. That's daily tickets, ticket books for the entire week, grounds, viewing platforms, and as you mentioned, yep. the Wyndham Rewards Cerner Car Club uh, that you can upgrade into. My understanding, Bobby, this year, more than past tournaments, uh, there is a tremendous need for volunteers. And instead of buying a ticket, which... You know, we've we've laid out those options. The best, maybe most affordable way, if you're by yourself or have a friend or loved one willing to join in with you, is, is to volunteer and put yourself right in the thick of the action. What are the areas of most need? Yeah, it's a great point, and, and it's simple, too. Just like you mentioned, you can go to our website to buy tickets. You can also go to our website and click on the volunteer tab, and it'll take you straight to our sign-up process and, and – uh, we're at a point where basically the tour will tell you you can never have enough gallery marshals. Um, so that gallery management piece is always an important one. Um, security is always of utmost uh, concern for the PGA Tour, and, and, and the gallery marshals um, fall right in line with, with the PGA Tour's uh, overall security plan. So there's always a need for that. Shot link, um, there's always a need for that as well. So people... People that, uh, especially people that really enjoy golf, um, I, you know, pe- people that I talk to that are golf nuts, the shot link job is is one of those that um, people really enjoy because you're involved in the statistical side of it. So if you're at home and you're watching and you see, you know, XYZ player has 17 feet, 8 inches, 
to the hole for this putt, all of that information that's getting transferred to the television broadcast comes from ShotLink. So it's pretty cool. You, you know, you get you get the front row seat to the players, so you're you're even closer than the hospitality guests or the or the people sitting in the bleachers or, or on the rope lines. You're actually inside the rope, um, acquiring all of that statistical information through lasers and tablets, and uh, it's pretty cool to see how that whole process works. So yes, we do still have a need for for some of those individuals. We we do have some of our committees already full, but like I said, we'll always take more gallery marshals and and on our website it will show you what committees we still have a need for but those are those are probably the two primary ones we're still looking for the triad podcast network is sponsored by jennifer johnson owner of three magnolias financial advisors and a local certified financial planner who helps people plan for big financial goals such as retirement or college especially now navigating markets is challenging particularly for those gearing up for retirement, young professionals, business owners, or retirees. Am I saving enough for retirement? As a business owner, do I need a workplace retirement plan to attract and retain key employees? Am I using the right individual investment strategies? Personally, I had some of those questions. Plus, how do I save for my kids' college education? So I went and got local independent advice from Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They're located in Winston-Salem, and you can get started like I did with a complimentary, no-obligation consultation right here in the triad. Just call 336-701-1600 or email jennifer at the number 3-magnolias.com. Jennifer at 3-magnolias.com. And be sure to catch Jennifer's podcast covering all sorts of financial tips, trends, and strategies right here on this same feed with the Triad Podcast Network. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Again, WyndhamChampionship.com. And yeah, the, the shot link operators, that's real, that's real cool. As you mentioned, the analytical side of it, yardage to the pin, how far was the drive, feet to putt, et cetera. Uh, a lot of needs from a volunteer standpoint. The first player announcement came in the form of 2019 champion JT Poston, who played in Colby, Western Carolina. He's from Hickory. And in that first career PGA Tour win a few years ago at Sedgefield, he captured the title by overcoming a three-shot deficit entering Sunday, fending off another local favorite in Webb Simpson, outlasting him by a stroke after firing 8-under-62 on the final day of the tournament. Explain the process for you. I, I know your buddy Mark Brazel, he's heading to the Open Championship the night of when we're recording this, the morning of July 12th, to help recruit uh, for the upcoming Wyndham Championship. But uh, securing commitments from the more known or even lesser known commodities on tour to play the Wyndham, uh, for you, I, I would think there's still a lot of buzz, always a lot of excitement around the local guys, the guys from North Carolina, that talent that can help raise the profile of this event for the local community. Yeah, JT Poston is, is a great story. Um, there, there's so many great storylines. The whole storyline about Brant Snedeker and, and his first win and his relationship with Wyndham and how that is has been cemented, you know, 15 years later. There's so many cool storylines. JT Poston's another uh, great one. And I think, you know, he wasn't really necessarily a household name for a lot of people when he won here a couple of years ago. Uh, But, yes, he is a good storyline. So, obviously, if you're a a Western Carolina person, um, you have to take an, uh, an, an enormous amount of pride in seeing him win that event. But what I really love, you know, that 
there are certain people that are a flash in a pan or a one-hit wonder or whatever you might want to say about that. And I'm sure there are probably people that didn't know J.T. Poston or don't know him that, that may have said, oh, that, that's going to be another one of those people. And, yes, you highlighted his win a couple of weeks ago. But if you look at his record, the way he's been playing this summer, not only to John Deere, but really about the last four to six weeks, he has been on fire, and um, he's had a lot of really good opening rounds, and it was nice to see him close out that John Deere win. So he is playing extremely well right now, and so we're, we're thrilled to have him back this year. And we announced Jason Day yesterday. So, yeah, you have a lot of those local storylines that you mentioned, guys like Webb Simpson that, that have local ties, but it's also really cool when you have somebody like Jason Day who, you know, spent – I think it was like 51 weeks at one point in time as the number one player in the world. So um, when you have guys that have great bios like Jason Day, then certainly we hang our hat on on our field, including players like that. And there will be more to come. We've got more announcements uh, for, for more guys like that that are going to be coming here in the next week or so. And Rob told me before you and I got on the phone, many thanks to Rob Goodman for helping to organize this, who handles all media requests, all press-related items with the Wyndham Championship. An announcement coming as soon as we get off the phone. I know you got to run. i got one more question I want to slide in regarding a competing yeah. golf tour. But uh, Adam Scott is going to be announced. I was given the green light by Rob Goodman since we're going to drop this yep. podcast uh, a day after we speak. So Adam Scott will be the latest, correct? Yeah, so he's one of the ones I was referring to. So Jason Day is a great great name for us in our field that that uh, the spotlight shines on. And, and Adam Scott is is a, a very similar player in that regard who, who, whose bio is just really, really impressive when you start looking at the, the career and, and – the decades that, that, that he has spanned greatness in the world of golf. It's, it's great to see. And the chance for you to come out and, and watch guys like Jason Day and Adam Scott amongst these others um, up close and personal, we, we, we take a lot of pride in, in our setting and in our environment. A lot of people uh, talk about our, our, our tournament and our landscape out here being a, a boutique type event or a boutique type golf course. And, and um, I take that as a compliment because you, you can get up close and personal um, with our event with those rope lines being closer to the action than you can at a lot of other events. And that's, that speaks volumes to the Donald Ross layout here. Um, you know, they're, they're coming up on close to 100 years um, of this, this golf course here. And, and the chance for somebody in the Piedmont Triad region to come out and see guys like Adam Scott and Jason Day amongst all the others. Look, it's, it's not going to be just those guys. Those are just the, the first few that we're announcing. And, and stay tuned here over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks because there will be a lot more to come. And, and um, we're thrilled that everybody's going to be able to come out here and see everybody. Bobby, you've been great today. I'll leave you with this. Uh, it's a topic that's dominated the world of golf. I'm, I'm not sure how much it really impacts the field in Greensboro, but the Live Golf Tour, a competing, competing Saudi back league. It's claimed nearly 20 former PGA Tour golfers, including a few really high-profile names. But I got to ask, what's your opinion on the emergence of the Live Golf Tour and its potential impact on the future of the game of golf? Well, I, I think the important thing is that um, – you know, our, our history, I think, and it's not just a history. If you look at our history, you look at the wall of champions and you see Sneed and Hogan and Nelson and Gary Player and 
Seve and Ray Floyd, Davis Love, you know, all the way up to the current names like we talked about with Snedeker and Webb Simpson and Henrik Stenson and even last year all the way to Kisner. That's what sets us apart and that's what we hang our hat on and, and we take pride in, in that history of 80 plus years. Uh, we take pride in, in what this event means for our community and, and our charitable impact with the, uh, the backpack programs and, and feeding three quarters of a million um, meals over the course of our, our time since we, we started that. So those are the things that are important to us that we're focused on. If we were focused on that tour, you know, we wouldn't be doing our jobs for what we're supposed to do for our, our tournament. So we're aligned with the PGA Tour with, with what, um, you know, what their comments and their conversations are like. We are a PGA Tour event, and, and so we don't feel like that really impacts us um, much, if any, at all uh, as it relates to the field or anything else that's going on. It's, it's a little bit apples and oranges, to be honest, just because there's differences with 54 holes and, and uh, no cut and things like that. So I, I know it's something that a lot of people are talking about, but frankly, um, as it relates to us, if you were to bug our phones, you would not hear us talking about it. Control what you can control. Put a fence around Greensboro and worry about your own tournament, and you do a fine job. Bobby, uh, trying to have some fun over the next couple of weeks, all right? You take care. I appreciate you joining me today, all right? Thanks so much. I appreciate it. That's Bobby Powell, first-year tournament director of the Wyndham Championship. For someone who is handling the outward attention in ways he hadn't before, Bobby seemed pretty seasoned on the media stuff, don't you think? Speaking of media, the Wyndham Championship coverage on CBS will mark the beginning and the end for six-time major winner, Sir Nick Faldo, the longtime fixture as a golf commentator as part of the network coverage, is retiring from his position as a TV broadcaster. He'll step down from Tower 18 and will focus on some ambassador work as well as continue to oversee his own golf design company. Faldo first began providing analysis 18 years ago, 16 of which were with CBS and Golf Channel. He announced his decision on Twitter in June, providing context to the career symmetry, saying, quote, as fate would have it, that will be on the 7th of August, 2022, at the end of the GCO, now named the Wyndham Championship, to be held at Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina, where it all began for me in the U.S. all those years ago. The appeal is certainly as strong as ever to draw tour players to Sedgefield Country Club. It's the final opportunity for those on, at, or near the cut line of the 125 top golfers who will continue on at the first of three playoff events that will decide the FedEx Cup champion. The first being the FedEx St. Jude Championship. The progressive cut moves to the top 70 and then 30 for the BMW Championship and finally, Tour Championship. As for the Live Golf Tour ahead of the Open Championship, Tiger Woods said those defecting from the PGA Tour, quote, turn their back on what has allowed them to get to this position, end quote. Rory McIlroy has been staunch in his opposition too, saying there's no room in the golf world for Live Golf. The long-term health of this league, at least the popular consensus inside PGA Tour circles, likely hinges most on whether the major championships change their qualifications to allow live golfers to compete, and if world golf rankings points can be earned. Otherwise, the profiles of these other golfers, like a Dustin Johnson or, say, Brooks Kepka, might plummet. There's still plenty of firepower. So much at stake, though, starting August 3rd when the Wyndham Championship commences. Reigning champion Kevin Kisner, 2019 champ JT Poston, Adam Scott, Jason Day, and so many more. 
Go online to WyndhamChampionship.com to purchase tickets or volunteer. Daily tickets start as low as $40, and there's even special entry available for kids under 15, teachers, and first responders. Again, go to WyndhamChampionship.com for more details. I'm Kyle Shasperger. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Kyle Shass. I hope you had fun today listening to Bobby Powell, the tournament director of the Wyndham Championship here on Triad Sports One-on-One. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple, provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, We would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.